0: Luke 23 beginning in verse 32 and I've chosen a section of scripture that in a sense could cover the entire three day weekend from Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday with a subject of what many would call and in a sense unrightly so the thief on the cross but we're going to Look at that. Through these portions of scripture that we're going to be reading in Luke 23. Do you have it? Verse 32. Two other men, both what? Criminals, not thieves. So we'll look at that, okay. Were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called Golgotha, or the skulls, cruci- there they crucified him along with the criminals. One on his right, and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They divided up his clothes by casting lots, which was the right for Roman soldiers to do. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar, and he said, And said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Are you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence or condemnation? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong." Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you shall be with me in paradise. Father, bless your word. Honor, let it fall on good soil. Let it produce fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Lord, this is an Easter service, Jesus, Word, you're able to meet us in a special way, Lord God, and able, Lord God, to drive your point home even stronger and sterner as you often do. We pray that you would do as such. Let this be strong sediment in our lives as we hear your word. We ask it in Christ's name. Everybody together set? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Let's do our very, very utmost to keep the moving around at a minimum. Uh, eternity could be hanging on the balance. Okay, so let's try and keep the moving around down a little bit here. Now, many individuals who speak from this text, as I have in the past, they labeled these two criminals that were crucified next to Jesus as the thief or the thieves on the cross. But in reality, when you study scripture, they were not really thieves, they were revolutionists. That's what they were. Uh, and as we study we find there that there was another individual that was in the same holding cell or holding tank with them anybody ever been in a holding tank don't, don't raise your hands uh, but I know who I'm talking to I believe that's why God gave us and gave me this message for Easter here today because a few of you have been in a few holding cells before uh, but there was a man by the name of Barabbas that was there be- with them as well but he had been released and even when I was putting this sermon together, I, I was struggling, and usually um, titles come to me very, very quick and easy and simple, and, and I, know, oh, that's a good one, God, I like. But this one was the hardest I ever had, just about. I couldn't get a title. I had given it an odd kind of title, but I finally just put this one on, right when I was here. My wife gave me the title. Does Your Stomach Hurt? As You Hear the Easter Story. I mean, right then when they were singing just to be close to, when Adam was singing that song, Arise, My Love, my stomach started to hurt. I don't know about you, but my stomach was hurting. Arise, My Love. Because of the Easter story uh, of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It should make our stomachs hurt. Now, getting back here to the revolutionist that was there on the cross. He, along with the other so-called thief, they belonged to a Jewish underground. I don't know if you saw the movie, The Pianist, but I did. I thought it was going to be about a guy playing piano. I think he only plays about two, two songs in the whole, the whole movie. Uh, but it's a very powerful movie about the underground movement in Poland during World War II. Powerful, powerful. I, I believe he, he won the Academy Award uh, and Roman Polanski won the best uh, director for that movie because he talks really about the underground that was going on against Germany and Hitler. Well, this individual, these two individuals, and Barabbas probably as well, uh, they belonged to a band of revolutionists that really couldn't create a whole army to come against the big, bad Roman Empire, because they were bad. But what they would do is they were like, sort of like Christian Robin Hoods. Uh, they would attack and, and get back. Attack and get back. Trying to make what they could against the Roman government. Rome did it to them. Hey, we're not going to stand back and take it. That's what kind of an individual this man was. See, the Jews were unable to mount a big offensive versus Rome. So they reverted to guerrilla band tactics. Sort of, how many saw the play last year, this play? Remember that? Those two, it was about the two thieves. Jabesh and what was the other guy's name? Ethmar. Uh, that's what it was about, the play last year. Jabesh and Ethmar, the two thieves that hung next to Jesus. Remember who played Barabbas last year? I prayed for him last night. Uh, what was his name? Remember? Bruce. Hallelujah. God, bring back Bruce. A great guy. Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. We want him back. Uh, I think he's in Mississippi. Uh, now, I want us to notice something rather interesting that's found in verse 42. See, while most individuals would address Christ as Lord or Master or the Messiah, Son of David, he had a number of, uh, of you know ways that he was addressed that were very respectful titles. Stay with me now. Christ was given a number of respectful titles: Master, Lord, Savior, Son of David. While most individuals gave this type of a uh, 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 you know. Called Jesus by these names. He calls them simply Jesus. That's interesting. So he says, verse one, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, simply as Jesus. See, evidently, this man had been so engulfed and embedded uh in, in his revolutionary agenda that nearly all that he knew of Christ and of Jesus. Was mentioned in those verses, 32 through 43. Are you with me? He was so engulfed and embedded, new word now, CNN, in his agenda of, of being a a, a guerrilla warfare kind of a guy that he didn't know too much about the Messiah. He didn't know too much about, you know, Christ. So he, he, he hears anybody, so he says he calls him, hey Jesus. He's not doesn't give him a big old respectful kind of a thing right away, you know majesty, or, you know, an uh, omnipotent, uh, no. He says, Jesus. Somebody calls him by his first name right away. All he knew about Jesus was what the crowd that he heard, the crowd was talking about, about Jesus. And what he heard Jesus himself say, what he himself was on the cross being executed. And by what was written above his, his head there, that's all he knew. About Jesus. All he heard was Jesus say, Father, forgive them. That's all he heard knew about Jesus. Uh, but whatever was the case, this outlaw somehow seems to right away connect with Jesus. Right away. Because right away, uh, he gets very intimate and he calls him by his first name. If you've ever been around me, uh, and I've changed a little bit now, but I think all my most of my life with, with my pastor, uh, and even sometimes they've told me, how, "How come you don't call him? How come you're with Sonny? Have you remember, "Hey, Sonny, "You know, I, I think it's maybe because Sonny is such a friendly kind of guy that right away when I was in the home and I was like, I was able to 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 build a you know a, you know a heart to heart kind of relationship with Sonny. Even when I'm not, I'm far away from him, I, I, I still sense him. And usually I say, Sonny, well, this guy was very, right away, he got very intimate with the Messiah. And he calls him Jesus. He connects right away. The guy cuts out all the fat right away, and he gets right to the meat of the matter and his prayer. Uh, Some of you have heard Art Blahos' testimony. Uh, This is a very appropriate message for the criminal on the cross. Uh, and uh, those of you that haven't, you'll be able to hear his testimony two weeks from tonight. He'll be with us. But how many have heard his testimony before? Remember that? And he talks about when he, he thought he was going to die, you know, with two guns. Ah. But what happened? He ended up having two what in his hands? Two, two, he was in a men's home. And he belonged to a group, you know, the, the terrible, you know, prison gang. And he knew they were going to come get him, so come look for him one day. He'd been in the home two weeks, he says. And he says he thought he was going to die with two, two guns in his side. You know, that's how he was going to die. But the two guys from his tip come, from his gang, at a car wash. And he says, all I have in my hand is two wet rags with soap on them. And they roll down the window. And they call him over. And he walks over with those two wet rags. a way to go. Uh, Get your car washed! Yeah. Uh, do you remember what he said and his testimony remember he said a real quick prayer just like the thief on the cross or the criminal on the cross he said Jesus right away intimate after two weeks in the home get busy that's his prayer that's his, that's his testimony Jesus get busy quick little prayer because he knew <laughs> come on Lord here I am for you stick up for me and, and later and you'll know the rest of the story because you're going to be here in two weeks uh, to find out but Jesus can get busy Still, my friend, Jesus and the revolutionists, they had a number of things that were in common, both of them. They had a few areas, Jesus and the revolutionist, the criminal on the cross, that where they saw eye to eye. Some of the things that they had in common was that both of them were men of courage. Both of them were men of action. Uh, If there was going to be any sin in them, it was going to be the sin of commission, not omission. Uh, If there wasn't going to be anything wrong, mistakes that they were going to make, they were going to be making mistakes. Well, not Jews. Jews had no sin. (laughs) But if if this guy was going to have any kind of, uh, you know, mistakes and, and, and shortcomings, it was going to be because he was a guy of action, not of inaction. So they were both courageous. Both of them were willing to die for what they believed in. And both wanted the best for their people, the Jews. So they had a few things that were in common. They were willing to die for their cause. They wanted the best for their people. But then on the other hand, they also had some very obvious differences. They had, saw, they had things that they saw in the eye, but they also had some things that were different, where they didn't see eye to eye, differences. Now, while Jesus would go on to say, and he had said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall, what? Inherit the earth. This guy didn't look at it that way. The meek were the weak. He said, I'm going to pick out the sword, buddy. Uh, these, these Roman soldiers are too much. i got to take matters into my own hands. The original sorrows. Ah, uh, I mean, hey, man, they, they ain't doing nothing. Forget you, Martin Luther King, man. We got to do it up, man. Ah. Uh, we got to take over the Oakland Police Station. They ain't taking of business over here. Ah, uh, my people, Que la Ah. Uh, that's the way this guy was. He was not like, he just said, the meek in the hair Forget the meek, this guy said. Ah. Uh, and so during, you know, this, this brief amount of time that the criminal spent in the presence of Jesus, faith begins to surface within the heart of this man. Just in these 11 verses. Faith starts creeping up. He'd never met Jesus before. But in this brief amount of time, something happens to him. That's all it takes. Some of you have heard Nicky Cruz's testimony. He said he never heard about Jesus. He went to, I don't know why I'm talking about these criminal kind of guys. Uh, but you know Nicky, he, he says he went to, to this, to this uh, place on a rally because he wanted to fight. They were going to they, they down the bishops and the mamas were going to get it on. But Nicky tells you, he says, in seven minutes, David Wilkerson described the gospel so beautifully, just like Josie's teacher, that his stomach began to hurt. Uh, and he says, man, if I would have been there, Steve, he says, I would have got out my switchblade. How come they're going to crucify this Jesus? Somebody stick up for him, man. Uh, he said, no, no, no. This man has done nothing wrong. And he wanted to stick up for Jesus. Uh, Nikki did. Surf, faith begins to surface in the heart of this man as well. See, somehow, things were not right here. Stay with me now. This man spots things. Just like Nikki spotted things. Uh, just like you and I should spot things. When your stomach starts to hurt. And he says, you know what? Something's not right here. And this criminal on the cross, this guy, he had spent most of his life spotting things that weren't right and trying to write to them, trying to correct them. Are you with me? Because he had spotted the Roman rule and he said, that ain't right. He spotted his Jewish friends and family being suppressed and he says, that ain't right. Oh, and, he, and he had spent all of his life spotting things that weren't right. Anybody here good at that? Yes. That ain't right. Ah. Oh. How come they have to stay two weeks before they can get a phone call in the men's zone? That's not right. That's the husband, a wife's gripe, hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Always fighting things that aren't right. Yes, he and his friend who were also on the cross, they were supposed to get, you know, this, this, this treatment of, that they had it coming to die on the cross, but not so the guy in the middle. He had it coming, his friend had it coming, but not the guy in the middle. He did no wrong, and he spots that. See, my friend, an event such as this, death by crucifixion, it was supposed to be a very sober and somber type of an event. But most people that were involved here uh, were taking this way too far. Way beyond the limit. It was supposed to be a very, very... Somber and respectful. event. while wow, he's dying. Uh, a terrible, gruesome death. There was supposed to be some respect there. See, whenever they caught criminals back in those days, it's sort of like what's been happening now with the soldiers and stuff. Uh, you see when they caught some of our soldiers, they got a little bit bruised? Uh, well, he was bruised for our iniquities. See, what they would do is they would, they would, they would arrest a criminal and they would beat him. Interrogate him. Ah, You are. Come on. What's your crime? He really had no crime, but they get him for three: treason, terrorism, and 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 you know, saying that he was the Messiah, of God, and all that. Those were the three things that they they, they crucified him for. Crazy things. But whenever they arrested you, they would mess with you. Can I have an example here? Ah. Ah. Well, you do you you think your son will stick up for you? Yes, he probably will. So I have to be careful here. Uh uh, I should use my son. Don't laugh, buddy. Hallelujah. Uh, but anyway, they beat him and messed with him and come out and admit it. And, you know, I mean, when you read the accounts of the crucifixion, everybody, the rulers, the scribes, the everybody that, that, that Jesus came before of beat him. They whipped him. They scourged him. They did all kinds of things, they, they, they flogged him. They made him carry his cross. The, the big, he couldn't even do that. They had to get somebody else, Simon of Sarita, to do that. He was so beat and messed up. And then when they put him on the cross, the soldiers continued to beat him. They continued to spit at him and mock him out. Who beat you? They put a blindfold on him. Uh, come on, prophesy. Eh? Who did it? It was a very, very gruesome death. It was, it was tragic and terrible. Uh, even the soldiers kept messing with our Savior. So it was supposed to be it was, it was supposed to be something that, that you would pay respect and, and be cool with. Uh, so this guy spots it. He goes, man, this is too far. I mean, we're the ones that deserve it. If they should be hitting somebody. It's me. But they're hitting this innocent individual who knew no sin, who didn't do nothing wrong. And they keep at it. This goes, That's not right. I can spot it. I know things that aren't right. I'm a pro at i an expert. See, but with this man, the beatings and the brutality they continued even while he was on the cross. And also with the mockings and the, and the verbal sarcasms that were thrown his way. And there was no let up. Did you hear what I said? No let up. They just kept added and added against Jesus. It was easy for the criminal to see that something was not right. Thus, this enlightened criminal, he decides to pray to Jesus. And just a short amount of time, he says, man, on, this is the God. Don't you see the, Don't you see that they're mocking God? And while the other unenlightened criminal, he asked Jesus for a selfish desire to be let off the hook. This penitent criminal prays no such prayer. He doesn't ask for Jesus to let him off the hook as the other criminal does. But rather he prays a very, very simple prayer. Jesus, remember me. That's it. The other guy, hey, hey, if you're the Christ, and hey, hey, get down off the cross, and us too, hey, we'll make the great escape. Selfish dude. Ah, but not this guy. In just this short amount of time, like maybe today, his stomach starts to hurt. He says, This is the Messiah. And his simple prayer. All he asks is simply to be remembered. Forget me not, Jesus. I want to be one of yours. I want to belong to you. I need forgiveness. Can you remember that, Jesus? Can you remember me? Uh, that's it. I, I followed Barabbas. And I was wrong. I followed the, right, the wrong road. But, he's, but you're the one that I want to follow now. Uh, remember me. Forgive me. This man was the epitome of what happens to anyone and everyone that gets close to Jesus. Don't let me lose you right here. I'm going to take you someplace right now. You ready to go? This man was the epitome of anyone and everyone who gets close to Jesus. Anyone, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. Did you hear what I said? Uh, Even if you're a Christian or a non-Christian, this is what happens to people that get close to Jesus. When one gets close to Jesus, we see him or her. When we get close, we're able to see Jesus for who he really is. As the thief on the cross saw him, sinless. When you get close to the Lord, you see, man, how beautiful he is. You see how wonderful he is. You see how sinless he is and how sinful you are. Uh, We then begin to see our sin a whole lot easier when you get close to Jesus so if you wanna don't wanna know who you are don't get too close to Jesus but if you really wanna know who you are and what you are and what you've done then get close to him cuz that's what happens listen to this whenever there is a sense of God there thus will always be a sense of sin whenever there's a sense of God there's always a sense why do you think people you you know it's Easter we wanna go to church some people, but I don't know about that. Let's not go to the Victory Outreach one. <laughs> Let's go to Mass. Because they, know, we have a reputation. We, 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 we do it up here. Best as possible. Uh, the genuine article. When you walk into a place like this, I know I did. When I walked into Victory Outreach, and I didn't know nothing. I was just like the sea. I didn't know nothing about Jesus that much. I didn't know what I was getting into like some of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm going to tell you what you're getting into and what you're going to get out to later on, hallelujah. Uh, but all of a sudden, we're like, ooh, this place gives me the willies. Ooh. But when you get close to God, you start discovering your sinfulness. Oh my goodness. I remember sitting there, the second to last row, and I said, my God, drugs isn't the problem. It's sin. I didn't need to go to some drug program. I just needed the Bible. That's the truth. It's oh, sh- sh- Lord, I don't have to use drugs no more. All I got to do is confess, not that I'm a drug addict, but my sins. Uh, that's what happens when you start getting close to the Lord. Whenever there's a sense of God, there will always be a sense of sin. Th- stay with me here. This very fact and this very statement can be more readily and easily understood and comprehended when we see that the most tragic confessions of sin, when we see the most tragic confessions of sin, when we see the most tragic confessions of sin come, not from the worst of sinners, but from the choices of saints. Come on, right. This, what I'm telling you about, you can see the epitome of this, the, the greatest example of this is not when a, the, 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 you know, a terrible sinner's lie. No, but when the choices of saints say, I am a sinful man, O Lord. See, throughout history of Christianity, the people that are closest to God always are the ones that come to cry the loudest and the most often over their sins. Let me read that again. Throughout the course of history of Christianity, the people that are closest to God are always the ones that cry the loudest And the most over their sins. And I'm not talking about just non-believers. I'm talking about believers. I've told you about Martin Luther. Remember that? Martin Luther lived in a monastery in Germany. He, every day, every day. This was before the Protestant movement. Catholicism. Every day Martin Luther would go to the confessional. Every day. Anybody have a Catholic background? And uh, uh, you know those confessionals? You go in there, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Uh, I wasn't cab, but I've heard, I've seen them the movies. You know, uh, what is it, my son? What have I done? Well, I, I lied, I cursed, and I went out with my husband's wife, and I went to, and I've and this and Father, oh, what was that other word? Oh no, no, nothing, Father, nothing, Father. Uh, and we want to get out of there quicker. Martin Luther, let's dig this. He lived in a monastery. He didn't have HBO and satellite and, and all that, you know, magazine. He lived in a monastery. There was no, you know, showtime, no TV, nothing. Uh, women, there were nuns. <laughs> he lived in a monastery. He used to spend, on an average, three and a half hours a day, every day at the confessional. Every day. (laughs) I can imagine the father that's going to hear it. Here he comes. Oh, no, no, no. I got to go play bingo. You hear him. (laughs) You hear him, man. I want to play. I want to get to my bingo game. Three and a half hours. No, no, no. You hear his confession. All right. Because he was close to God, he that is closest to God, they see themselves, they see their sins, for what they really are. Uh, a monastery, sort of like the men's and women's home. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to cover that. Isaiah and Isaiah 6:1. In the year the king Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Verse 3. He goes on to say. And one cried. Unto another and said. Holy, holy, holy. That's how you see God. He's the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the pulse of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then I said. Woe is me. For I am undone. Undone. Unclean. Undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King. The Lord of all. I'm close to God. And I see me for who I really am. Undone. Undone. I need my sins purged. I'm a filthy sinner. And this was the prophet Isaiah talking. A holy individual. The closer you get to God. The more you acknowledge your sins. And your need. For Jesus. Now. Well, nearly everyone else saw Jesus as a pretender to the throne. Not so this criminal on the cross. Because as you read the account, everybody said, Oh, you're the king. Oh, you're the, no, you're the king. You're the king. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. They put a robe on him. They put a, a thorns of crown around him. They, they mocked him. While everybody else in the crucifixion picture saw Jesus as a king and mocked him, not so this criminal. He saw Jesus for who he really was, the king of kings. Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. Ah, he knew who he really was. While the rest of the others joked and they mocked Jesus regarding him being king. To this man, Jesus was no joke. Jesus was no joke. No fooling around. He knew Jesus was the real deal. uh, The real thing, the genuine article. The King of Kings. This man knew that Jesus, King Jesus. Uh, he could grant this individual kingly favors that were literally out of this world. See, kings can grant you favors if you're in with a king. Here, you can ask. Yeah, you know. Remember Esther? She came before the king to ask favor. People come before David to ask for favor. So this guy says, "Ah, oh, he's the king. Well, I need a favor." Uh, he knew Jesus could do that. Jesus, remember me. Now, I know that most of us are taught not to pray selfishly or, or self-centered prayers. But we're taught, especially if you're from the monastery, men's home, or victory outreach, huh? we're taught really, you know, don't, don't, don't pray so much for yourself. Pray for others. We're sort of taught that. Uh, but my friend, listen to this. To pray so unselfish. And never pray for yourself. We could miss Jesus altogether. In other words, there's times when you gotta pray for yourself. Matter of fact, I was taught, and let me just teach you this now. And right away when I pray, right away I pray for myself. Quick, Father, forgive me for any of my sins, you know, because we gotta get right with God. Uh, matter of fact, when you read the accounts about Jesus, Jesus prayed for himself a whole bunch of times. He prayed for himself. Nothing wrong with praying for yourself, because if you don't pray for yourself, you could miss Christ altogether. You know? Bless Aniva, bless Anthony, bless, him, you know, bless, you know. Hey, the prayer of Jabesh. Bless me, oh Lord. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Ah, uh, here I is again, Jesus. Ah, uh, here I come again. Ah, uh, Christ prayed for himself so many times. See, it actually is the man who has prayed First for himself, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Who then finds himself ready and prepared to pray for others? The individual that prays for himself first can then pray for others more, more readily, more prepared. Also, not only was this criminal, not only was his prayer a personal prayer, it was also a prayer full and brewing with faith. There was faith written all over this prayer of this individual. Father, remember me. See. This guy doesn't pray, Jesus, remember me if you come into your kingdom. It doesn't say if, should, or perchance, or if you happen to. No, this guy's prayer was full of faith. Remember me when? I know where you're going. I know who you are. Ah, uh, In just these 11 verses, this guy figured all kinds of stuff out. Certainly, in a long old sermon like this, you can figure something out. Uh, remember me. Ah, when you come into your kingdom, right away, It was full of faith. Uh, when? See, and the beauty of his request is quite a song to any ear. He doesn't ask for what James and John asked for years before about Jesus. Can we be sitting one on your right throne and the other one on your left throne? Uh, the, see, this guy doesn't ask for a place or, or a position. He simply asks for a place and a position in the heart. Jesus listen to me what I just told you there he doesn't ask for a a place of a throne he doesn't ask for a a position next to Jesus he says simply praise Jesus all I want is a place in your heart remember me inside your heart that's all I want I don't want to sit next to you all I want to do is be remembered by you forget me not. my stomach's turning forget me not here I pray I can do no more And with this request, he got an answer. And with that, those answers I want to close this sermon with. He gives him four answers of assurance. What did he give him? Four answers of what? Assurance. Assurance. Uh, He gives to this man. The first assurance that, that he gives to this man, Jesus, was that upon death, life still goes on. That's the first assurance. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He gives them that assurance that there's life hereafter. That the grave is not a tomb, but a door. A door that leads on into eternity. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. See, Jesus is telling this repented criminal that just as death cannot stop me. Listen, buddy, you figured it out. It can't stop you either. For where I am, there you will be also. Death can't stop Jesus, and death can't stop you and I. That's why Paul can choose off death. Come on, death, where's your sting? Come on, Mondo, help me. Yeah! Who, ha, he? Mondo can't do that one. Hallelujah. Uh, he chooses off death. Because he's not afraid of it. And if I've ever taught you anything, you don't have to be afraid of death. Uh, death, the Bible says, is your servant. He's going to have to come and kiss your feet. So don't wash him. I'm just kidding. That's really what he's supposed to do. That's why he's the king of kings. He's the king of pain. Remember that I preached about that? He's the king of temptation. But he's also the king of death. Death thinks it's the biggest king. It's strutted stuff acting all bad. Got you a, nah, 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 nah. Even death ain't got a hold of us. That's what Adam sang. Death ain't really got a hold of me. Arise, my son. Ah, do you need back (laughs) up? Well, I need front up, hallelujah. Uh, He's a king of kings. He's a king of pain, of tribulation, of troubles, of trials, and of death. That's why we sing he's the king of kings. Death is only a door. It's not a tomb. Uh, And we need to understand that. Uh, It cannot stop the born again believer. Death is a door, not a dungeon. So Jesus gives this man the assurance of life hereafter. Not just the here and now. Secondly, the second assurance that Jesus gives this penitent criminal. Is that. This individual is going to have a continual fellowship with Jesus. He'll be with me. Oh, what a promise. When Jesus is with us, we're a majority. Isn't that right? We can go through anything. All we need is Jesus. That's why even in the hardest moments, darkest days, the bleakest times, the hardest trials, we can still walk like we're king's kids. Ah, really. You can walk into a funeral. Just, I mean, I I feel sad. It's bad. Hey, you know, but hey. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Do the math, devil. And I got time. I have eternal life. Take your time. Uh, uh, Because you shall be with me. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they cover. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But let me tell you one thing. You got to walk. Don't sit and sulk. (laughs) He's preaching a long sermon. (laughs) Where's he going to finish? I want the picnic. (laughs) Keep walking. Stay with me now. Stay with me. We're going someplace. Uh, he's with us. That's the second assurance. That's the assurance we have. Uh, the world doesn't have this. Somebody once wrote a song, the world is holding on to nothing, still they won't let go. But we got an assurance. Lo, I am with you always. Where is heaven? Wherever Jesus is. You shall be with me. Where is heaven? Wherever Jesus is. Ah. Uh, This guy had found fellowship through forgiveness. And how do you find fellowship with Jesus? Through forgiveness. Uh, He has to forgiveness. Uh, He was able to have fellowship with Jesus for eternity. Then thirdly, the third assurance that Jesus gives this criminal was that of a heavenly home. Uh, You shall be with me in paradise. Paradise hills estates. Uh, you want to be a homeowner? Get saved. You don't need a Bullock. You don't need to be brokered. Uh, all you got to do is let the cornerstone break you. Hallelujah. Uh, you want to, uh, here you go. Uh, you might not have, you know, some of you might. Now, many of you are going to start owning homes someday here on earth. But we're not concerned so much about the here and now as much as the hereafter. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop estates paradise hills type estates in that bright land where, oh I like this one, we'll never grow old, everybody over 50 repeat after me, we'll never, no I'm just kidding Uh, and someday yonder we'll never more wander and walk on streets that are paved with gold Uh, (laughs) heavenly homeowners that's your insurance Ah, get your deed! Hallelujah! It's free indeed. Ah, we need to understand that. You know, it sort of gets to me, and I'm getting closer and closer, don't worry. But in in America today, I think the faith people, they think,